What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Barca Blog on podcast. My name is Josh. Welcome to El Clasico Preview 2021. This is probably the biggest El Clasico I can remember in recent history. The, uh, the implications from this are pretty big, obviously. We're going to get into all that. Uh, before we do, Barcelona had a nice... To call it a nice win would be, I, I think, probably the right description of it. So a, a 1-0 win earlier in the week... Uh, to bring them only one point behind Atletico Madrid in the La Liga race. Uh, they left it late, but, you know, at this point in the season, right, a win is a win. And I think the important thing to take from this, right, is that, one, they with that 1-0 win, they've given themselves room against Real Madrid to have an off game. Uh, I think before, and we'll talk about both teams' form a little bit later on, but if you had asked me before the international break who I liked between Barcelona and Real Madrid in their upcoming matchup, I would have said Barcelona. Uh, I think that's changed a little bit, not too much, but I think you could definitely see the international break. Uh, Barcelona were a little bit slow to kind of get back into what they like to do earlier in the week. That being said, I'm, I'm, I am glad they had a match before the El Clasico coming back from the international break to sort of warm themselves back up, get back into the flow of things. So before we get into the preview, there is a little bit of news, uh, mostly on the uh, contractual front. Barcelona are trying to get Pedro down to a new deal. Uh, from what I've read about the reports, they're going to keep the buyout clause around $400 million, just which is, I'm pretty sure, what it's at now. All they're looking to do is get an extension, get a increase in wages, which is, you know, I would say pretty well due, given his performance this season. Uh, the good news is Pedri seems to be at the club of his dreams, so as long as Barcelona don't mess it up, uh, he should be here for a long time. The other bit of news that I find interesting is given Usman Dembele's recent, you know, knock on wood, recent run of decent health and his run of good form in recent games, I would say that I'm definitely encouraged by his performances, and he's apparently uh, trying to get in, or well, I don't know if he's trying to, or if Barcelona I, I think it's I think it goes both ways. But uh, him and Barcelona are working towards a new three-year deal that would keep him at Barcelona. And I just got to say, like, this makes me happy, uh, purely from a Usman Dembele fan's perspective. I'm glad to see him maintain some good health recently. He has been a key part of Barcelona's attack lately. And he's going to be very important for them in El Clasico and in their run in La Liga. Not to mention their future. Uh, so that's kind of it for the, the pre-Classico news. In terms of injuries for the big match, uh, PK and Sergio Roberto, are they were called fit today uh, for the Classico. So what that means is Barcelona are at least going to have their, their field general in the back line, which is huge because I think we saw even uh, with the the performance against PSG wasn't anything like incredible, the second leg, uh, but... Um, whenever PK is on the pitch, he is, even if he can't keep up athletically coming back from an injury, uh, his presence on the pitch definitely helps. And you could hear him how loud he was when he is back. Uh, and having him in this match is going to be huge. On the other side, Real Madrid, Sergio Ramos is out, which means, uh, I, I like the way Nick Battle put this in his, in his uh, kind of what Barcelona need to do to win piece on barcelonabookrunners.com. Uh, Barcelona's backline boogeyman, as as Nick put it, is out. Uh, I think this gives Barcelona a nice advantage in the attack. Or 
I shouldn't say advantage over Real Madrid, but this is clearly a good thing, right? Like, even though Real Madrid's defense looked really good against Liverpool, uh, not having Sergio Ramos in a Clasico is certainly, uh, that's certainly a good thing for Barcelona, not a bad thing. So coming into this match, Barcelona are, of course, one point back, and Real Madrid are three points back of Atletico Madrid. So like I mentioned earlier, coming into the international break, I would have said that I liked Barcelona over Real Madrid in this match. I think given both of their respective performances this week, uh, Real Madrid had one of their best performances of the year, 3-1 over Liverpool. And granted, this is not last year's Liverpool. Uh, This is a Liverpool team that is struggling in the Premier League, does not look like themselves. But I will say, and the the, the folks over at Managing Madrid, the Real Madrid site for SB Nation, are doing a great job covering Real Madrid and I uh, spent some time there this morning kind of catching up on what they were doing. I did watch uh, the Liverpool-Real Madrid match, and I just got to say, like, every time I talk about Real Madrid, I feel like it's slobbering over the midfield. But Casemiro, Toni Kroos, and Luka Modric were just like, <laughs> I mean, they're they're unbelievable, right? Like, that's the, they're probably, you know, Byron have looked a little shaky. Um they're probably the best midfield in the world. Like, I, I can't think of another midfield I would prefer over those three when they're playing at their best. And right now, they, like, they looked at their best in the win over Liverpool. Um, so, Franca de Jong and the fellas are going to have their work cut out for them in the midfield. And I feel like every time a Classico comes around, we talk about midfield control, especially uh, over the last, you know, few years as Real Madrid have had this consistently great midfield. Like, they're all healthy. <sighs> There's just not really much to say about these three. Like Everyone's seen Casemiro, Cruz, and Modric do their thing over the years, and this time is going to be no different. They're, they're in great form. They controlled the field against Liverpool, and the attack for Real Madrid looked great as well. Uh, Benzema is obviously a goal-scoring machine like he always is, uh, and I always struggle to pronounce this guy's name. Uh, Vicious Jr. I, I, I don't know why. Vinny Jr., Vinceus Jr., I know I'm butchering his name, but he looked ridiculous. Uh, he's a person who I don't get to watch all that often because I don't, I don't watch a ton of Real Madrid. But he looked unbelievable. Uh, then Marco Asensio also looked incredible. <sighs> Listen, there, there's not a ton of holes in Real Madrid. Uh, I would say that uh, as good as Tibor Courtois is as a goalkeeper, like he's not... He wasn't challenged that much midweek, so I can't say whether or not he looked all that good. I think I am excited about, like, Sergio Ramos being out, like we talked about, is clearly a good thing. Uh, that gives players like Dembele and Messi uh, a great chance at, and excuse me, that's the garage door beneath me. Uh, buzz, buzz, buzz. The family's going to the park. Um, but Sergio Ramos's absence clearly gives Barcelona's attack a nice little chance at some sort of, uh, like, like, it gives them a change from the normal Real Madrid defense that they're usually facing. And to me, that's encouraging. That's something that I am very interested to see uh, because like we talk about with the midfield, right? Like when Barcelona, and I guess I would expect Real to kind of control the possession or win the possession battle here. And so as a result of that, what Barcelona do whenever they are given opportunities is going to be massive. The, uh, like in my mind, a Barcelona win looks like taking advantage of the few opportunities they're going to get, which isn't, uh, which isn't, you know, that's not like a, 
an astute opinion or an astute observation, right? Clearly, Barcelona had to take advantage of the opportunities, but I don't think a Barcelona win looks like them controlling the possession and them winning the shots on goal. Like, I think one of the one of the lessons that was very interesting from the uh, the PSG Bayern Munich match midweek, if any of you watched that in the Champions League, Bayern were peppering uh, PSG with opportunities. They just didn't have like that touch in the final third. And like, if Barcelona win, I could see it kind of. I could see them being the PSG in that scenario where they're kind of absorbing a lot of pressure. The defense is playing pretty well with PK back. Uh, Real Madrid still aren't like, you know, they're not perfect in the attack. So what I would say is that a Barcelona win will look like a lot like the PSG win midweek where they're successful in the counterattack. They take advantage of the few opportunities they have with Dembele and Messi. And they do a good enough job in the midfield and the defense to keep Real Madrid from scoring like, you know, above two or three goals and, like the the Barcelona win I see is like a three two, uh, maybe even a two one. Uh, if if things get out of hand and it's an all out attack, like I just don't know if Barcelona's offensive performance is informed to have that sort of success against Real Madrid's midfield and back line, even without Sergio Ramos. So I would say that like in the counter attack, Barcelona do have a better chance of scoring without Sergio Ramos out there. Like the like Ramos isn't. He's, he's not a messy stopper, right? Like, no one stops Messi, really. But he is at least used to what a Messi-led counterattack looks like. And without him there, like, that clearly gives Barcelona an advantage in the counterattack. And so I would say, like, a Barcelona win looks like them being successful in the counterattack, successfully absorbing Real Madrid's pressure, doing a decent enough job in the midfield to not let them... Well, they might maintain possession, not let them control the entire flow of the game through the midfield, Uh being disruptive enough to not let Casemiro or specifically Tony Cruz and Modric do the thing where they're like they were against Liverpool where they're pinging these over-the-top balls. I mean, I think Cruz had two unbelievable passes um, over the top to Vinceas and um, excuse me for the pronunciation to him. He had one ridiculous ball over the top to him where he took it off the chest and then scored from midfield. Uh, the pass was from midfield and he had another ridiculous pass that resulted, I think in the second goal, uh, I think Asensio, I can't remember who. Uh, but you just can't let them do that kind of stuff. So as long as they keep the pressure up on Cruz and Modric and don't let them just pick them apart, Kevin De Bruyne, Modric, Cruz style, I think that they have a really good chance of winning. Uh, clearly this doesn't... Barcelona can, af- Barcelona can afford to lose this match. They still have a head-to-head with Atleti later in the year, uh, about a month from now, I believe. So they can afford to lose this game, which I think is the really nice result of their recent run in La Liga, right? Which... Have we, as we've talked about, hasn't been like consistently beautiful, uh, like the 1-0 win early this week. They have had matches where they've scored four goals, but uh, the consistent performances that Koeman's men have put in La Liga have put them in a position where this isn't a must-win game for them. This is a pretty important game for Real Madrid, given the gap, but Barcelona could still get a draw or even a loss here and still find themselves in the hunt in La Liga and have a chance to, uh, to ride the ship, right? Because if you... If they lose and they're, you know, in Atleti gain some points and they're up four points again, right? Barcelona still have that head-to-head opportunity. So then they would theoretically, if, you know, that head-to-head opportunity is the end-all be-all, right? They theoretically only have one point to make up in between that. Um, I'm not sure what the tiebreakers look like at the moment. But, yeah, this is a really, a, this is going to be a good measuring stick for Barcelona. Real Madrid are coming off a, uh, an intense midweek match. They should be a little bit more fatigued than Barcelona. 
So this is a good chance for Barca to uh, to impress. So hope everyone enjoys El Clasico. I know I am. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you are not. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. And uh, yeah, stay safe. Tell someone you love them. And I will talk to you next week.